Hello, uh, this is Paul Kearney. I am Professor of Politics and Public Policy at the University of Stirling. And it's becoming increasingly difficult to remember my name. This is the sixth I've recorded. It's, it stops to make sense after a while. Okay, but this is the, the end of part one. This is the, um, the briefest of the, the chapters and the discussions, because it really just sums up uh, the, the question in the chapter six, how have, how have these how to do policy analysis texts incorporated these insights so far? So, you know, what essentially have they learned from studies of policy making and, and critical policy analysis? So I would answer that question briefly as follows. So first, uh, the modern policy analysis texts have incorporated many developments in the study of policy processes. So if you look at Dan's book, there's a really good discussion of why there is uh, no such thing as evidence-based policy analysis. Or look at uh, Weimar and Vining, they'll tell you about the need for political skills as much as economic methods. You know, Even if they do, they devote uh, 200 pages to those methods. Or if you look at Smith's Guide to Flexible Communication, it really incorporates policy-making theories. Uh, second, these texts do describe the gap between what policy analysis analysts need or uh, need policymakers to do and what policymakers can actually do. So uh, again, Weimar and Vining are good on uh, factors like the, the unpredictable effect that different clients and contexts have on your task and the, the need to incorporate the pressure on time and resources, the ambiguity of goals and a tendency of your clients to not know what they want to do. Or, or for their goals to only be revealed after you've done your analysis. And then the need to balance many factors, you know, addressing a client's question, describing uncertainty, and uh, recognizing the benefit of analytical humility, humility, all to sort of establish your re reputation. You know, so there are lots of useful discussions about uh, the difference between uh, what you might need and what uh, can actually happen. And some texts focus really well on normative and ethical issues. So, for example, if you look at Mintram, he describes new professional practices and they include to engage with many stakeholders uh, to define problems and uh, reflect a diversity of knowledge and views, to present a range of feasible solutions which make clear their distributional effects on target population and to develop race and gender analysis tools as part of that sort of policy analysis toolkit. But still, uh, most of these texts remain committed to quite simple, very pragmatic guides. They're informed by insights on knowledge production and policy process research, but without imagining new forms of policy analysis. Now, the most interesting discussion of that is by Meltzer and Swartz, who provide the most recent account and the most spirited defence of five-step policy analysis, largely because they argue that the critics of this kind of approach do not provide a useful alternative to help guide new analysts. So it's, no, so it's one thing to highlight all the problems that I've been talking about. It's another to come up with a form of advice that people can use when they learn about policy analysis. So they argue quite convincingly that you know these guides are essential for people who want to engage in policymaking to be persuasive and, and credible. You know, if, if they want to be seen as credible, then analysts have to do something to identify problems 
defend the way they've analysed them, defend the way they've used evaluative criteria and so on, so that they can prevent, present uh, you know, a clear and definitive analytical guide to policymakers. So really what they say is the problem is not five-step policy analysis per se. The problem is that a lot of it is too rigid and rationalistic, and that can be solved by a more flexible and iterative approach, which they talk about in more detail. So that's the context for part two of the book. You know, there's, there's still a commitment to maintaining simple and pragmatic guides informed by insights on knowledge production and policy process research. If so, you know, how do we compare those two things, the need for five-step guides and the need to incorporate, you know, uh, new insights.